Lauren, the stock market, something I know you follow very closely. We are seeing some historic or we are (laughs) stop pounding on the table. Lauren got bored and started yeah, looking off into the distance. I was trying to get right to him. I, I know. It's a little bit of setup. I was listening. Today's market plunge taking the S&P 500 negative for the year. All the gains, they're gone. Coronavirus fears wiped out all of this year's stock market gains. The Dow lost more than 1,000 points today. That's more than 3.5%. The NASDAQ and S&P 500 also tanked. Today, the Dow had its worst one-day point drop, falling nearly 1,200 points. That's more than 4%. And this is now the worst week on Wall Street since the financial crisis in 2008. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm your host, Molly Nelson. I'm here with producer extraordinaire Rochelle Smith and certified financial planner Lauren Merkel. He sits down every day with families and individuals and helps them plan their retirement vision. The stock market, Lauren, something I know you follow very closely and everyone here at the Merkel Retirement Planning Office is also keeping an eye on because it can affect the retirement vision of the families and individuals that we work with. So this week, we've seen something in the stock market indices that we haven't seen in a while. Molly, we haven't seen a drop, a quick drop like this since August of 2015. So this is this is newsworthy. And this is why so many news outlets have been talking about it. And this is why so many people have been talking about it at the water cooler, because the topic we're going to talk about today, which directly correlates to the coronavirus and the drop that we've had is 401k plans. There's a large portion of this country's wealth that is in 401k plans. And this week, they have seen them drop significantly. There's 10,000 people retiring every single day. So there's many, many, many people who are going to be dependent upon their 401k plan in a very short period of time, which makes this more newsworthy than ever. And the reason? The coronavirus. Earlier today, the Dow closed down more than 1,000 points, largest drop in two years on fears over the impact of the coronavirus. The Dow is now down nearly 900 points. That is just over the course of the last 34 minutes since we have been on the air. On Wall Street, uh, they went through a second straight day of huge losses. Nearly a 1,200 point drop, the worst single day loss in the history of the Dow Jones market. And the thing about this coronavirus is it's not going away anytime soon. You know, this week we're seeing these dips that we haven't seen in, in four or five years. And, and what I think is hard for investors to understand is how much worse does it get? Right. And I think, I think you're right, Molly. In fact, what I've read about it is there's, the experts are saying that they predict about 40 to 70% of people are going to contract the coronavirus. And one of the worst parts about the coronavirus is that it can be asymptomatic meaning that you, you might not even know that you have it or anything serious that like you would think you would get from something like the coronavirus, which makes this significantly different than a lot of the other diseases that have been uh, that have taken place in the recent in recent history. And the reason a sickness is somehow correlated with a stock market, obviously, is because China is such a big player in the supply chain. And we're seeing the video, we're hearing from reporters, journalists who are still in China, that it there are ghost town situations in some of these raw material manufacturing plants. So it's something, you know, we haven't really seen in the modern era. No, we really haven't. Uh, China today represents 19% of global domestic product, 
which is significantly higher percentage than what it was even 10 years ago. So not only does it impact the supply chain, but also the, the demand side of the equation as well. On the supply side, they, they've really shut down manufacturing. So any any company like an Apple who depends upon them, them for parts for their iPhones it has, been, has been hit by it. Now, China's slowly going back to work, but who, who knows if they're going to have to stop again. And, and right now they're operating underneath limited capacity. But they are, China is also the third largest exporter for United States goods. So not only is it, is it hurting the supply side of delivering us the parts that we need to produce the goods that we're trying to produce, but they're not buying as much anymore either because a large portion of the population is quarantined. Yeah, and remember back to just last week, last Wednesday, the S&P 500 was at a record high. So I think the, the fastness, the quickness, the sl- how fast the slide has happened is significant. It's significant, and, and that's why a lot of people are talking about it as fodder for the business channels, and, and it should be. It should be because it, there's a significant portion of people's wealth that's wrapped up and dependent upon what happens in the stock market. Okay, so we know that this virus is scary. We see that it's affecting the stock market and the world's second largest economy, but the silver lining, what we hear, Lauren, what what we're taught is buy low. I mean, this is a good time to get into the stock market, right? Well, it may be. What time, time will tell, but certainly these dips can be good buying opportunities. And I was talking about this at a class this week that we were teaching teaching up in Ames, and I asked, I asked the crowd, I said, the, the stock market has plunged this week. And normally when the stock market plunged, we have all this concern. And normally phones will ring off the hook. I said, how, how many people do you think called us this week with concerns about the stock market and what's going on with the coronavirus. And the response was, oh, you guys got a ton of calls. We have zero calls. We had zero calls this week with concerned clients about the stock market. We had one call that they wanted to make contributions to the Roth IRA because it was down, right, Molly, exactly what you were saying. It's a great buying opportunity. And we had one email where he wanted to convert money to the Roth. Because it's a great opportunity when things are down, when the market is down, to convert monies over to the Roth if you were already anticipating conversions anyway. So what we talk about all the time with with the families we work with is during these types of volatile moments in the market, it may represent a really good opportunity to take advantage of it if you're already looking to incorporate some of these strategies like contributions of additional monies or Roth conversions from pre-tax accounts to the Roth side. Well, and Warren Buffett speaking on this, a lot of people listens, listen when Warren Buffett talks. And he said that this has not changed his long-term optimistic outlook on stocks. You know, it is scary stuff. Uh, I don't think it should affect what you do in stocks, but, uh, but it, in, in, terms of, in terms of the human race, it's scary stuff when you have a pandemic. Well, that's because Warren Buffett knows a whole lot about stocks. <laughs> and if we, if we look back at the history, so what I, what I did is I brought, uh, I brought uh, basically a history report of other outbreaks that have taken place over the last few decades. And essentially what this report tells us is after each one of these outbreaks over the next 12 months, without exception, oh, I guess with one exception, the stock market did incredibly well over the next 12 month period of time. So what once the outbreak was sort of what over or lessened or done then 12 months after that? Yep, so from so let's let's take a couple of these just as an example. Everybody remembers the HIV outbreak, right? This is this is the month end of June of 1981. Sure. 
Over the next 12 months, it was down 16%. When I mean it, the S&P 500. So that's the one out of about 12 of these that it was actually down. So every other one, the pneumonic, pneumonic plague, 94. Over the next 12 months, the S&P 500 was up 26%. SARS, you remember SARS? Yes. 2003, April. Over the next 12 months, it was up over 20%. The bird flu? Yep. Avian, avian flu. Av- avian flu. June of 2006, over the next 12, 12 months, the S&P 500 was up over 18%. I mean, we can go on with the swine flu, MERS, Ebola, measles, uh, the measles outbreak in December of 14. All of these, the market was up substantially over the next 12-month period of time. And with all of these, did it take some kind of an in- initial slide? Yes, Yes, it, the market on all of these did take an initial slide. That's kind of the whole point, and that's the correlation between what we're seeing today. Now, that's the similarities. There are some differences. So let's let's go back to the 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 bird flu. You know, one one of the things with the bird flu is that that didn't spread as widely as what the coronavirus did because it was the mortality rates on the on the bird flu were much higher. About sixty percent who contracted the bird flu, there was fatalities. Whereas with this coronavirus, it's not nearly as fatal, so it is being spread much rapidly sure. and much more broadly. So there are some differences between what we saw with some of these other outbreaks and what we're seeing now, and that could, that could uh, play out to, react, to the market reacting differently. But I think the, the, what we're going to see over the next 12, maybe 18 months is something that's very similar to what we saw with all, all of these other ones. And you talked about not taking a lot of calls so far here at the Merkle Retirement Planning Offices about this stock market slide. Why do you think that is? Do you think uh, the families, the clients we work with kind of know that this is something they'll have to write out and see what happens? We've been talking now for about 15 months about how we anticipated some increased volatility in the market. Uh, 2019 was a wonderful time to be invested in the market because it, it just basically went straight up. But we didn't anticipate that to happen this year. So really, we've been talking with all of our families strongly since, since uh, the summer of 2019 about how we anticipated an increase in volatility for the year 2020. Now, I thought the volatility was going to start fourth quarter last year. It just didn't. But here it is. So our families, number one, anticipated that the volatility was going to creep into the market this year. But also, we do risk assessments on their portfolio. So every time we get together, we have a conversation of, here's how much risk you're taking in the market. Now, we don't think that we're going to go through the recession in 2020, but we, ha- we have to plan to be wrong because we can't be right every time. And when we are wrong, it can't disrupt your retirement. It can't make you come out of retirement or postpone your retirement. So we do the risk assessment. and we say, what if we're wrong? What if we go through the recession? This is how we anticipate your portfolio to react to the market. Do you feel comfortable with that? And we put them in a position where they are comfortable with the downside movement and it's not going to make them change their retirement plans. So they know right now, yep, the market's going down. Number one, we anticipated it. Number two, they're going to be fine. And not only are they going to be fine, this represents some good strategic opportunities as far as contributions and then also Roth conversions, which many of our families plan to do this year. And I think that speaks really well to the ability of you and your team to explain these kind of complex matters to teams or to clients and families. So kudos to you guys that that you're explaining it in a way that people understand exactly where they sit uh, 
in the market and the risk they're taking. But there's got to be some people listening right now. Pre-retirees are retirees who are maybe uh, in their 401k at work, uh, making those contributions to the 401k. And they're, they're looking at this stock market slide and saying, how is it going to affect me? What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about? Think back to the last major market correction, or I guess it was the recession, not a correction. 2008, most people had no idea how much risk they were taking. So what we did is we learned from that. We learned from that. And the number one, the number one thing that we can do to negate what happened in 2008 is to educate people on how much risk they're taking. So when we do go through the next 08, they have an understanding of how their portfolio will react. It's not going to be a big surprise, and they're not going to be overpositioned from a risk standpoint to make sure it has major detrimental impact on their retirement. So the communication, the education, and we use technology to do that so it, they can see it visually. This is how their portfolio would react, and then it, it allows us in a much easier fashion to, to develop a portfolio that's commensurate to what it is they're trying to accomplish in their goals. So somebody listening who's getting concerned and watching this the action step they could take maybe then is to find a trusted professional, maybe find someone who specializes in retirement planning and say, hey, can you take a look at this and tell me exactly where I'm headed here from a from a risk standpoint, from a loss standpoint, or a gain standpoint if, I, if I'm in a position where I can ride this thing out? Most definitely. I mean, investing in the market is all about risk versus reward. You need to have some kind of reward in order to take the risk. Otherwise, why are you taking the risk? And that reward should be commensurate with the amount of risk that you're taking, right? You need to have an adequate amount of reward for whatever type of risk that you're taking. So most definitely, if, if you're not capable or you don't want to do this yourself, that's okay. Find somebody that can do this for you, they, that you can work as a team to make sure that your portfolio is being handled in the best possible way for you. One of the worst parts about 401k plans, 401k plans are great, easy to contribute to. A lot of times you get free money, but one of the worst parts about it is it doesn't offer you a lot of diversification opportunities or maybe a better way to state that is it's very easy to become over diversified. And there's not a lot of transparent types of investments available to you underneath the 401k plan. So most people will just kind of throw their money into the 401k plan. It's a very hands-off vehicle. They'll just kind of set it and forget it, which isn't all that bad unless the style that they set it and forget it in is too much risk for what they really need. And that's, again, that's what we saw in 2008. People just kind of set it, forgot it. They don't really know how much risk they're taking. Something really bad happens and 50% of the life savings gets wiped out in a hurry. Yeah, because we make these decisions in the 401k, maybe a mid-cap fund. Maybe you choose that target uh, target fund where you kind of anticipate what your retirement date is and then the exposure changes as you get closer to that retirement date. Do you think when people make those 401k elections, they understand exactly what they're electing? I know I've made the elections and don't know exactly what what they are. Most definitely not. And the 401k plan is not designed for that. The 401k plan is set up as a tool where it basically f almost forces you to invest in it. I mean, most most investors in this country are novices. That, that's not what they do. It's not, a, it's not slander against them. It's just the 401k plan is set up to basically force you to start saving for retirement. And the 401k plan is set up that way because you no longer have a pension. Most people in this country no longer have a pension. Your retirement income is going to be largely dependent upon Social Security and the money that you put away. So most of these 401k plans, once you're eligible to contribute, it's an auto-enroll. 
which means many people don't even know they're contributing to the 401k plan because it's automatically done and they actually have to physically opt out of it. And when it's auto enroll, they are also not making investment selections. Right. And if you don't choose an investment selection, your company can choose one for you legally. It's, uh, it's that target rate one. That's what the default, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's the default investment selection is a target date fund. Going years back, 10 years ago, prior to these target date funds, the default selection that they cuz they still had default selections, the default selection was a guaranteed type of an account, whether it's a stable value or a money market, something like that. M- meaning that they they put money into it. They're not making investment selection. They're not going to lose money. Based on where we're at in the economy and interest rates, they may not make a lot of money, but they're not going to lose. Now, the default funds are these target date funds, which they have the potential to lose. So their money could go down, even though they don't really even know they're putting money into it. There is a cause for celebration, guys. It's your 59 and a half birthday. Throw yourself a party when you turn 59 and a half. Why, Merkel? Well, here at Merkle Retirement Planning, we love to celebrate 59 and a half birthdays because it's the opportunity for you to take control over your life savings. Most people's life savings is wrapped up in these 401k plans, which again is a very good contributory vehicle. You can develop a lot of wealth. But once you have the ability, once you have the option to take control over that money, most plans now allow you to do that at 59 and a half. You're going to want to take advantage of it, which means you take that money from the 401k plan and you put it into your name, your control underneath an IRA. When you do that the right way, you do not pay taxes on that money movement. It's just under, it comes from the 401 and it goes to the IRA. Now, once it's in the IRA, you can literally invest in just about anything you want to. So what we were talking about just a few minutes ago with the 401k plan and you being limited to just a certain type of investment, with the IRA, you're not. So now you have a lot more transparent options. It's a lot easier to create a truly diversified portfolio. And if you're a pre-retiree or retiree and you're really concerned about this market movement, especially in the negative then underneath the IRA, you can create a portfolio that is much more recession resistant. It's easier to create that type of portfolio than what it is underneath the 401k plan. So the 59 and a half, that half birthday is a a great opportunity to celebrate, take advantage of it, and now put most of your retirement wealth underneath your name, your control. Now, what we're not saying, what we're not saying when you do that is don't, don't not take, how's that? Don't not. (laughs) What we're not saying is don't stop contributing to your 401k plan. Use the 401k plan for what it is designed for, which is new contributions. Because, again, it's easy. It comes automatically out of your paycheck. And a lot of times the employers give you free money. We love free money. So you'll want to contribute to the 401k plan, but just lift the money that you've developed, that you've saved underneath the 401k plan and put it underneath your own name, your own control. Yeah, because at 59 and a half, you can even make some additional contributions uh, at the end of the year, right? 50 and over. 50, okay. So that starts at 50. Once you're 50, now you can do what's called catch-up contributions. So this year, the amount of catch-up contribution is $6,500. And is that? contribution also matched by the employer or does it just go into the whatever investments you have in your 401k? Yeah, that's just additional money that you are, uh, uh, you have the ability to contribute to it. It's not generally matched. It should be matched. I mean, I, I'm going to ask our employer to maybe start doing that. <laughs> what do you think, Merkel? Um, I'll, I'll talk to the investment committee. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about retirees a little bit in the stock market. 
they have seen some amazing returns, especially if they're kind of heavy in the stock market. They're probably really enjoying that position right now, Lauren. But do you have to sometimes when you meet with families and individuals say, okay, it's been good for a while, but I mean, you would never call anyone greedy, but you wouldn't, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't to their face, but do, do you sometimes see them kind of wanting that return to continue, but it's not realistic? Well, greedy may not be the term that's used, but a lot of times in this industry, the word pig gets used. <laughs> oh, do tell. This is, this is the first time I've heard that. Well, what, what's the saying? It's uh. What, what, something gets fat, pigs get slaughtered? What? What? You guys haven't heard that? Um, we are in the land of hogs. Yeah. Iowa. So anyway, that's, that's what I was saying. That was good. That was and, really and, good and setup. It, and it is, and it is all about greed. Sure. It's all about greed. Uh, we've seen an unprecedented, unprecedented bull market run since, since March of 2009. And it's very easy. You know, I've, I've had some conversations. Now our families are very good. Our families are very good. In fact, we very rarely do we have to have a conversation of you're taking way too much risk. You need to, you need to tone it down a little bit. Usually we do an analysis and they're taking more risk than they feel comfortable with. They're telling us we don't feel comfortable with that type of risk. This is new families that we bring on new families. We bring on, they've never had a risk assessment before. And this is the first time they really get to visually see how much they're exposed, how much their portfolio is exposed to if we go through a major uh, market meltdown. And they're the ones telling us it's too much. So let's dial this thing down a little bit. Now, every year we revisit that and we say, okay, this is what we talked about last year. You felt like you were comfortable with it, but we do know things change. The economy changes, things like the coronavirus happen, uh, your goals for retirement change. So our do we want to make an adjustment to our overall risk category or are we still comfortable with where we're at? Um, but the, we've had an unprecedented run and it's very easy for people to say, I got 26% last year. I expect 26% this year, right? I've, I've received 150% return over the last 10 years. Well, I want to keep that going for the next 10 years. Isn't that just what the stock market always does, right? It's very easy for people to become greedy. Uh, and then that's when things go really badly because the market, it goes up and it's going to come back down. And it's what happens to your portfolio. It's what happens to your retirement savings when the market comes back down. That really has everlasting dramatic impact on retirees' accounts. And it has to depend all about how you're using your portfolio. If you've got this this chunk of money that is your risk-taking amount of money and your, your money that, of course, you don't want to lose, but you're willing to take more risk with, great. But I, I've got to think that you've got to have some money, especially if you're in retirement and you need income every month, you've got to have some money that is just uh, not in it is risky of investments when we develop the income plan we have to have a coherent investment strategy and that investment strategy we deem the bucket strategy where we have a bucket of money this is where we're going to be taking the income from within the first couple of years we have another bucket of money that's invested differently this is where we're going to take the money from three to five years from now we have another bucket of money that's invested differently and this is more that longer term bucket of money and then these buckets just kind of fill each other as the one gets depleted so we have our immediate income source that bucket it's going to get depleted. So we have to continue to fill that up. And that's what these other buckets do. So that's a strategy. That's an income strategy that does work really well for retirees. But there's a lot of retirees out there that don't have that type of strategy. 
and they have a lot of or all of their money in one bucket invested way too aggressively because of either they just don't know any better or they are trying to be a little bit too greedy. That's good information for retirees concerning the stock market. What about pre-retirees as they watch these dips in the stock market and these big gains that we saw just last week? What should they be doing? Well, I think for 2020 is going to represent an incredible opportunity, whether it's pre-retirees or retirees, but specifically with the pre-retirees, with their 401k plan, it it could one thing that they might want to consider is for the monies that they've already accumulated underneath their 401k plan, maybe now is a good time to consider backing it off a little bit, backing off the risk, preserving what it is that they've saved, particularly more important as they get closer to their retirement age. But they can be more strategic with their new contributions. If we're going to see a lot of volatility this year, like we think we will, then maybe they want to take more of the risk on their contributions. So they're buying these more aggressive positions when they are lower, when they're down. So if, if this thing doesn't turn into a recession, which we don't think it will, they buy every single pay period. So they're going to buy a lot of times on the dip. And then we come out of this thing and this thing turns out like a lot of these other, other uh, viruses or, or uh, health scares that we've had in the past. And we end up with significant gains 12 months from now, they're going to be really happy, but they were they took more risk on their new contribution. So this is a way for pre-retirees to try to capitalize a little bit on the volatility that we're going to experience this year, uh, but they can also preserve the majority of their retirement wealth with the money that they've already accumulated underneath the 401k plan. Are those that do individual investing, um, are they just like salivating at these lower Apple stocks and just going to gobble them all up. I mean, the, the ultra wealthy, I think of the people that do the individual stocks. I, th I think right now there is a little bit of that. I think, I think right now that, well, I think right now there's a lot of that. I think right now that these, these investors are really watching it closely, trying to get some, some good value buys into place. I think there's a little bit on the peripheral and in, in the back of their mind that may like, how serious is this, this really going to get right? So there's still some caution in the air. And I think that that caution will probably increase as we find out more about this uh, coronavirus and, and see if there really is a vaccine that's out there that can that can keep this thing under control. So I think there's a there's kind of a, a, a cautionary uh, back of the mind type of view, but there's really a lot of people focused on how, how are they going to make some more money off of this volatility. And in 2020, and, and something I think you've been doing for several years now, you talk to your families and individuals about Roth conversions. Tax planning is absolutely essential for pre-retirees and retirees and the families we work with. We spend a lot of our energy. We spend a lot of our focus and time in our reviews talking about tax planning strategies, one of the most powerful tax planning strategies, especially in light of the SECURE Act that took place in 2019 is the Roth conversion because taxes are on sale. Historically, taxes have been much higher. Right now, the lowest tax bracket is 10%. We have to go all the way back to the 50s before we find another 10% bracket. The highest tax bracket is 37%, which seems high. That sounds really high, but in the 80s, it was over 70% and has been as high as 94%. So we are in historical lows for tax rates. And 
with the Secure Act, meaning that when you pass away, now all your all your IRAs and 401k plans have to be liquidated within a 10-year period of time, which is going to increase the level of tax, most likely that your beneficiaries have to pay on this money. If you have more money underneath the Roth, it gives you a lot more control and flexibility on that money. And once it's underneath the Roth, you never have to pay taxes on that again. So there's many of our families that are paying 12% on their pre-tax monies to get it over to the Roth. That is a historical steal. And then now from every dollar they earn on that money grows tax-free. That's an incredibly, incredibly powerful strategy. So in years like 2020, where we feel like we're going to have some volatility, some really good conversion opportunities, when the market does take a dip, and what, what I'm targeting is somewhere around that 12% mark. So if we get to that 12% mark, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be calling a lot of our families that have expressed an interest and it makes sense within their plan to do Roth conversions. And we're going to say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been waiting for. The time is right. The time is now. Let's start doing a conversion. And we might not do the full allocation of conversion. So let's say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, we, we have room to convert $40,000 this year. We might not do the full $40,000 during this dip. Maybe we'll do $15,000, right? Because I think there's going to be some other opportunities throughout the course of the year as well. So we'll, we'll, everybody's going to be a little bit different. We might do the full conversion. We may not do any conversion, or we might do just a partial conversion, but we have to stay on top of it. And the key part about this, this market volatility is it can, it can be somewhat opportunistic, um, but you, you can't take advantage of it if you're not paying attention. And if you don't have a coherent plan in place to do so. Lauren made a few references to the SECURE Act. And I want to tell you about a few resources where you can learn more because this affects RMDs and IRAs and transfers of wealth. So we did a whole podcast on that. Check it out wherever you're getting this podcast. It's retiring today. Or we did a TV show on the SECURE Act. We talked to an estate planning attorney and we really went into depth on what this legislation means for your retirement plan. So if you go to YouTube, we've got a YouTube channel there. It's Merkel Retirement Planning and you can search for the episode on the SECURE Act. One more resource source for shell you can keep score you can find out where you're at what do, what do we have for people yeah we created a retirement scorecard and you can test to see how well your retirement plan has held up and we have one specifically for pre-retirees and one for retirees you can find the retirement scorecard at merkelplan.com that's m-e-r-k-l-e plan.com and we'll continue to talk about your retirement guiding you to and through retirement on this podcast it's retiring today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. That would be an excellent thing to talk about right now. Okay. Now, we don't have to talk about it in the form of your... Right, my in-laws. I, I prefer... You just say some people. No, yeah. no, let's talk about her in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love... They're great people. And yeah. 